John, you're, you are your job this morning, John. Thank you, Mayor. That's the floor director. Good morning, and welcome to the show. I am to the show, to the meeting. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being a part of it. I, um, you can get involved by calling 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663. Or you can get in, you, and you can get involved by, by what? I, I just lost my thought. Oh, email. Email. You can email us, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name in town. And I can answer your questions right now as it is happening. You're watching this live. Good morning, everybody here. Good morning. How's everybody? Good. Good. I, um, I look forward to these meetings, I have to tell you. Uh, this year, our theme is uh, Endure. And I can't wait until, I can hardly wait until next month when the year is like winding down to see how many people have endured and what has happened in your life as a result of enduring. I cannot wait to hear. I bet you guys are going to fly into here next month, right? We're going to have some tough people coming in. I, um, I saw a movie last night. And the movie was on one of those independent channels. It was like an independent film. Anybody ever watch that channel? Yeah. yeah. yeah they, their movies are sometimes really, really, I don't know if they intentionally do that, but they turned out to be really well. But I was watching this movie called uh, uh, The Crossing Guard. Anybody ever seen that? Yes. Oh, you seen that? Yeah. Oh, good. Wow, I didn't think anyone would have seen it. But that's good. And uh, it was written and produced by Sean Penn. And Jack Nickerson is one of the actors. That man is probably the best actor alive right now. You know who he is? Yes. Yeah. He is really, really, really a good actor. They don't make him like that anymore. Right now the actors are more rap, rapper-style actors who can't act. <laughs> uh, but this guy is really good. I remember once he made a movie called The Shining. Yeah. Isn't that true? Yeah. And... Um, that was right after, either before, well, that was right before I started my career. And, and um, I was invited to Colorado, I believe. And that's where they made The Shining, in Colorado? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was invited there to speak. <laughs> and I got there late at night. You know, I flew in late at night, and I was by myself. So I get to rent a car, and I'm driving to this hotel, and I go, I mean, it's like dark, and I'm going, I mean, I'm driving forever. Then I'm driving through hills and mountains, and, you know, it was cold. It was dark. And so I finally come down the hill into the city. It was snowing? And I end up at the, yeah, it was, well, I can't remember. It was, it had snow. Wow. But um, it was dark, so I finally ended up out of the hill into the city. And I ended up at this hotel where they made that movie, <laughs> The Shining. But I didn't know it at the time, right? <laughs> this is going somewhere. And so I go in, and I register, I get signed in, and I go into my room, and I'm laying there sleeping, and every time I close my eyes, I would hear somebody uh, crying out of the closet, help me, help me. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> so I'm like, little kids were crying, help me, and they were in the closet. And so I would... Uh, so I get up and I look in the closet, and I, you know, I can see nothing. I turn the lights out and go back, and as soon as I close my eyes again, I hear this sound again, help, help me, help me. I'm like, what in the world going on here? <laughs> because I'm not into that thing that, you know, you can hear voices. It wasn't my thing, you know. So I'm one, one of those people who believe in all that kind of stuff. I believe it's possible, but I wasn't into it. So I, I, it kept going on and on every time I would close my eyes to go to sleep. So finally, I, I said, look, I cannot stay in this room. I'm not going to get any rest tonight. So I went downstairs to the front desk, and I told the person there, I said, I can't stay in that room. I'm hearing voices saying, help me, help me. And the lady said, well, oh, that's not unusual. They made the shining here. <laughs> uh, uh, a lot of people hear the, those voices in different rooms. So apparently, 
uh, that hotel has a history of people dying there or something happened. And you still can hear the voices of the people in the hallway and in the room. So they put me in another room. And the same thing started to happen, but I just left the light on all night. And I got no sleep in that hotel room, in that hotel. I, I can't remember the name of it, but it was where they made The Shining. And as soon as my talk was over, I got out of there. I just <laughs> left. <laughs> I'm not staying here another night. I'm leaving. But apparently that hotel has a history. Are you guys familiar with that hotel? No. Yeah. You don't ever want to stay there, believe me. But um, this movie, uh, The Crossing, it, had, it was about a, a man, a drunk driver. Uh, this guy, he was a drunk driver, and one night he was driving, and he hit a young girl, a little girl, about seven-year-old, a little girl, right? And this girl was Jack Nickerson's daughter that the drunk driver hit. And the girl was crossing the walkway there, and he hit her and killed her, killed the girl. And, um, and the guy went to prison for drunk driving and murder. But Jack Nickerson tripped out over that. He just lost it. You know, and, and he was never able to really get himself back together. He couldn't forgive the guy. And the guy stayed in prison for years. And as a result, Jack Nickerson messed his marriage up. You know, his marriage fell apart. Uh, he ended up divorcing with his wife because he just absolutely lost it. He was so angry at what had happened. Uh, his wife ended up marrying. They had three kids, two boys and a girl, but the wife ended up marrying someone else, taking his home and everything. He just lost everything. And Jack went out and started to get drunk and really get into women. You know, he was hanging out at nudie bars and stuff like that, trying to deal with the conflict that he had. And then the guy in prison had so much guilt from killing this girl, being drunk and killing this girl, that he tried to kill himself. You know, he, he just lost it as well in prison. They showed him one day beating his head up against the wall, you know, just really hurt about what he had done. The guy, long story short, and I'm going somewhere with this. I know we're supposed to be talking about the Jesus thing, but if you didn't get it last week, you lost it. You got to think about it. <laughs> but uh, Jack, Jack, the other guy, he finally got out of prison. And he had so much guilt. And when Jack found out that he was out, he went looking for the guy to kill him. And uh, the first time he attempted to shoot the guy, he couldn't do it. He just, it was, because the guy was willing to die. He just laid there and let him, you know, he was willing to die because he had so much guilt, too. We later, and this guy got into uh, women uh, as a form of escaping his conflict and his guilt. We later found out that uh, the guy said that when he ran over the girl, he, just, he couldn't remember anything. He just, he felt a bump under his car. He jumped out and saw that the girl, it was a girl that he had killed, but before the girl died, he tried to pick her up to help her, and she said to him, I'm sorry that I didn't look both ways before crossing the street. And that really, you know, made him trip out because she was apologizing to him when it was his fault because he was drunk. Um, there was a scene when uh, Jack went back to talk to his wife. He had tried to get her to feel sorry for him. But she hated him and could not feel sorry for him. And so Jack asked her, well, why do you hate me so much? Why, why you don't feel sorry for me? And she said, well, I can't feel sorry for you because I hate you. Before this thing happened with our daughter, you were a man that I could rely on. But now that she's gone, you're so weak and pathetic. I hate you. She said, I remember one day we were on an airplane coming home and the plane started to shake. And I was nervous and I was afraid, but you were calm and didn't overreact to the plane, the airplane shaking. And I leaned, up on, I leaned on you and you said to me, don't worry, honey, just calm down and we'll be, we will uh, be known as survivors of the crash. <laughs> and she said that when you said that, it gave me confidence. But now you're a weak and pathetic man. I, can't, I hate you for that. And I thought, wow, that is so, isn't that like deep? No? Had you seen it, you would have known it well. But the point, 
The point I, I realized from this movie is that, and I hear and see it all the time, men, men have the raw need and relationship with women. They absolutely, men don't understand what their relationship should be with a woman. And, and a man should never, ever, ever find or try to find comfort in a woman. But they do. Most men do. And most men will say, no, I'm not like that. But they are like that. And what they, they don't realize is their spiritual role in life. And when they put a woman in that position, and I know that there are women out there who are trying to be in that position, right? But when they, they put a woman in that position, they're really setting her up to fail and themselves. It's never, ever, ever, ever going to work. And Jack, he was out there just with all kind of women. He was drinking. And, and you could see that he did not respect the women because everything led to sex. It really wasn't about... The woman really didn't bring him comforts. She just brought him sex. All these women that he was with. And these women can tell that they were being used by this guy. But I, what I realized is that men don't understand that they have a, by being born through the woman, they have a bit of her nature inside of them. And it's like, they keep going back. Can I get everybody to turn your phones off? They keep going back to women trying to find something that they have lost. They're trying to find, they like put these women in a godlike role. And, and for some reason, they think that these women are going to make them better, make them feel better, make them or cause them to succeed in life. It's never going to happen, guys. I know so many guys who you can, I know guys who've gone through the bond program, who go to church here, and you tell them about, you got to overcome that woman. You cannot find comfort in her. And they'll say, okay, yeah, right on. I meditate. Uh, you know, you're right. And as soon as they get a woman, they find comfort in the woman. And then you bring it to their attention, and they say, no, I'm not finding comfort in her, but you are. you got to overcome that woman. You cannot find comfort in her. Your role is to um, um, find comfort in God. you got to be born again to overcome her so that you can find comfort in him. And women, they hate men who are looking to find comfort in them. And they think that sex, what I was thinking about this last night when I was, men think that, I don't know if they, I, I, I used to think that men thought sex was love. How many guys think, you don't have to say anything, I just want to see your hand. How many of you think sex is love? Oh, you're not going to say it right now? Uh, or it feels like love? Uh, well, it's not. But it's like a drug. It's, it's like the alcohol that you drink. Or it's like um, the lie that you tell. Or it's like um, uh, the denial that you have. That's all that it does to you in that fallen state. And, and when you put women and use women like that, you are just setting your life and their life up for hell. N things are never, ever going to get better with you relying on women. Men got to be born again. That's not natural to do that. The story finally ended. You want to know the end of the story? Yeah, yeah most of you are not going to see it anyway. It was on TV. But uh, the story finally ended in that these two guys finally came together. Uh, Jack had, um, uh, one night Jack was uh, at the bar, and he had given this guy, the first time he tried to kill him, the guy said, you know what, give me a few days. Let me get myself together. And I just got out of jail. And Jack said, okay, I'll give you three days <laughs> before I kill you. <laughs> and so... <laughs> And so Jack gave the guy three days. So on the third day, that evening, Jack went out and got drunk at the bar. And uh, on his way to kill this guy, he ran a light because he was drunk. And then the cops started chasing him. And uh, they, they finally got him to stop. And he had a gun on the seat. He said, I have a gun on the seat. And the cop said, OK, why, why do you have a gun? I have permission to have it. And when the cop went to look at his license, you know how to run your license? Jack took off. He went and grabbed a gun and took off to, to try to get to this guy's house. He made it to the house. And uh, 
the guy took off, they ran, ran, ran. They finally ended up at the graveyard of this girl, the gravesite of this girl. And because the, the guy that killed her felt really guilty about doing it, he had, he had already been going to the gravesite taking flowers, but Jack had never gone to his daughter's gravesite because he had so much anger he couldn't go visit it. But they finally ended up at the gravesite, and what they realized there, to make a long story short, is that they both had the same problem, that they both was uh, weak, angry, filled with hatred. And so at this gravesite, they were able to realize that because, you know, they, whatever they had gone through, and they both forgave each other, and in that moment, they became free. But he did not realize, in their anger, they didn't realize that they both were the same and that they were doing the same thing to escape the problems and stuff like that. And, I, and I'm thinking that this is what men need to realize, is that there's nothing outside that's going to save you, and there's nothing that's going to save your family and the country until you return to God. And there's nothing worse than a, a weak man who looked to a woman to make him feel like a man, to make him feel good, to, to verify him or validate him to make decisions for him. And women, uh, men are getting worse and worse in that way today. And, um, uh, and society is falling apart. Have you noticed that the weaker men become, the worse society is becoming? It's getting worse because men don't understand we have a great role in life. And our role, our position is to, is to uh, uh, represent God on earth. We're supposed to allow God to work through us to bring love into the world, into our family and into the world. And that's not happening because men are trying to get it from women. As long as you're trying to get love from women, you're never going to be happy. They don't have it to give. Women don't have love to give. All this stuff you see, all this mushy stuff you see that's coming from women, it's not love. It's not love. And, and women tend to accept anything. All you have to do is cry. Act pitiful. Oh, there, 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 you are right. You, all you have to do is say, I can't help myself. They say, okay, you're fine. That's not love. That's not saving your families. That's not saving the country. And men got to re- return to it. They got to be born again. You got to overcome that female nature inside of you that was passed down from your mothers and grandmothers, but especially from your mothers. And sex is not love, and there's nothing worse than a weak man. And, now, and, and a lot of men, they know the truth, but they don't do it, but they lie to themselves and pretend that they are doing it. I know men who, when they break up with their woman, they're unhappy. Anybody know men like that? They're unhappy, but when they get her back, they're smiling and, happy again, and they're happy again. And I say to them, you're just happy because you got your woman back. No, I'm not. But you were unhappy when you broke up. But I'm not happy because I got her back. They are lying to themselves about it. And I'm telling you guys, as long as a woman can make you feel good, she is your God, and you are, you are worth nothing. You're not worth a dime. And I say this because men got to wake up. They got to return back to God. Otherwise, it's over for us. As a family, as a country, as a society, it is over. You got to stop using sex and drugs and all that stuff to escape uh, your weakness. At some point, you got to face it so that you can overcome it. You got to overcome it. And that was just one example of it. But if, you, if the men look at their own lives, they will see that I'm right about this. The greatest goal in a man's life right now is to get a woman. And it's bad. Anybody disagree? What do you think about that, Rhonda? Yeah. You see it happening? Um, yeah, I mean, I even see, I see it happening. I see the mothers doing it to their babies, and I can tell how much they cuddle them up, how they're going to be when they get older. They're going to need that yeah. motherly stuff. And, and yeah, There is they, this I mean, idea right now in the lives of many people, I want to say most, but many, that men cannot make it unless they have a woman. I interview truckloads of preachers on my radio show, and I ask them, are you the head of your wife? What do you mean, am I the head of my wife? Are you the head? Well, if you mean if I'm 
uh, controlling or, or dictating her life, then no, that's not what I meant. I asked a simple question. Are you the head of your wife? But they go, they've been trained that that means something else. And so right away, they go and defend it or excuse it. I'm not thinking that. I'm thinking, as God said, are you the head of your wife? And either you are or you're not. But they are afraid to say. They say, oh, we are partners. You know, we are 50-50. You're not 50-50 with your wife. Somebody is the boss and somebody is not the boss. Somebody is the president and someone is the vice president. And if any man says that he's 50-50 with his wife, that woman should take off. She should leave him because she's not going to have a chance. The kids won't have a chance. 50-50 like that doesn't work. You're not business partners with your wife. There's a spiritual order to life. I saw a hand. Yes, sir. I was going to say that um, I see that comfort, because you mentioned that you know men seek comfort in women. Comfort to most men is the equivalent of peace. Yeah. And so when that, when they don't have the ability to get comfortable or to find their peace again, um, then that's, that's, their, that's their goal, is to always have that. And if they can't get it through a woman, they'll get it through drugs or... Well, they go from woman to woman to woman. I used to do that, trying to find comfort. I couldn't even break up with a woman unless I knew I had another one waiting. You know what I'm you got to have another one. Otherwise, I couldn't break up with her because I didn't want to feel that emptiness or that unhappiness or that conflict that I had. So in other words, both the wicked and the righteous seek peace. They always want to yeah. be in a peaceful state, yeah. but their desires pull them out of that peaceful state, and now they're not going to be peaceful until they get their desire. Whereas the righteous, since their peace is from God, it, it doesn't preclude or, or it doesn't have any desire pushing them to find peace. Yeah. They already have it, and they, and they don't leave it to, per, to pursue a desire. How many people understand that? That is so true. But you got to start doing it. It's, it's, it's not enough to learn it by rote. Because the moment something happens, you're going to cave in. And then you're going to start lying to yourself about caving in. Oh, it's really not caving in. You know, I'm really not doing this. But you are doing it. But you got to now excuse it. Either you can have it or you don't. You know, someone mentioned uh, patience earlier, and the point was made, and, and I like to just add to that, um, life is like patience. Either you have it or you don't have it. It, it just is or it isn't. You either have it or you don't have it. Either you have the salvation that I'm talking about or you don't have it. And, and it's funny how the ego is so easy to defend itself and pretend that it does have it. Make up lies just like that, excuses. Just, you can always tell when a person is blind, they have an excuse just like that. Yes. You know, um, it's even, even in the most innocent goals, the most innocent desires, like being on time. I noticed that I was, this morning, I was not in a peaceful uh, way. I didn't have peace until I could be on time. That, that was driving me. I was anxious yes. and and wanting to be on time to come here because I know I don't you know, treat the place with respect, so I wanted to be on time. And that was driving me. Yes, and sir. I didn't have my peace until I, until I could get here on time. And when I saw the fraud of that, I said, you can have, I realized I can have my peace without accomplishing that. Yeah. And that's, and that's, when, I, that's when I... And know. that's what consciousness does. When you're born again of God, you're, it, it, allow, it allows you to see when you're wrong and when you see it, you can't find, you can't be comfortable in doing wrong. You have to do the right thing. It won't let you relax in doing the wrong thing. Now that's the goodness of consciousness. That's God's mercy on us. He, it it guides us. It, I mean, a, a lot of people can be late and just feel just fine about it. They have no feelings about it. They have no consciousness of it at all. Just, I'm late, no big deal. But you gotta be born again. It's time, our battle is a spiritual battle between good and evil. I know men right now, I have, have advised them not to move in with a woman until they get married. They say, oh, you're right about those principles, but 
we need to try it out first. <laughs> or <laughs> we need to test it, you know. We need to uh, share the rent, you know. So we're just going to live together, and then if it works, we'll get married. But how do you know when it has worked? Since marriage is a lifetime thing. It's something that you stay together and do until death do your part. Marriage is not something that you do, and then you test it, and then if it doesn't work, it's over. I don't even know how, how that kind of thinking. How are you going to test a marriage? And then they, they move in together, and the battle starts. And then they want counseling. And I say to them, this thing is not going to work because you guys are living together. God can't even get in there to do anything about it. Satan is your devil, is your God. And he gonna, he's not going to let this thing work. You're breaking the rules. But they think that it's going to work anyway, and it never works. It's not going to work. There's no way it could work. But the responsibility is on the man to make sure he doesn't allow that kind of situation to even start. The woman is a weaker vessel, so she will give into it. But, I mean, she, she doesn't have to give into it, but she will. But it's the man's role to make sure he doesn't move in with a woman unless he's married to her. That he doesn't have sex with her unless he's married to her. It's your role to make sure of that. Yes, sir. Well, the big problem of time is that uh, men don't know. Young men don't, they, they don't. They, they don't know, that's wanna, right. You know, what chance do you have for your, uh, your marriage to be a good one when you don't know what you're supposed to be and, and how this all works and uh, that you have an understanding about it? You know, for instance, the reason I'm saying this, you go out in the street today and talk to young folks, young men, young men, okay? Oh, yeah, 50-50. 50-50 is it. Right. 50-50 is it. Maybe, you know what? They would look at you odd when you say, you need to be the head of your woman. That's right. They would look at you. They think you're the bad guy. Well, where the hell are you coming from? Excuse my French. <laughs> you're the bad guy, they say. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So how is, how, is, how is there any chance of... Uh, you know, the, the, the situation getting better until men, I mean, young, I mean, men know what is really, what, 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 what is really um, unnecessary or required or whatever to make a marriage last, what, what a way make we, a marriage work. The way we're going to have to do it is do what we're doing right now. We've got to start where we are telling the truth about the situation. Yes, sir. And it's the truth that's going to set us free, not the lie. But now, and the reason that things have you know, it's such that men don't even, especially young men, they think that if you bring this up and you say you're the head of your home or your wife, they think you're the bad guys because they've allowed themselves to be taught by women. Women have taught men, oh, 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 oh no, you know, we're equal, we're the same. And men, the fathers of these children have allowed, have, have allowed that to happen. And, and God said that anytime you listen to the woman, you're going to suffer. And now we'll listen to these type of, this type of teaching that the woman is equal to the man, that uh, all this stuff. And now the guys are confused about their role in life, what they're supposed to do. And only hell is being brought on earth and not heaven. Right. We're listening to the woman. Now, I know that I'm going to be deemed a, a, a man hater, a woman hater for saying this. But you can't listen to your woman. When you listen to her, you shall surely die. I'm sorry? <laughs> He's doing good. He's what? He's doing well then. He doesn't listen to me. Oh, good. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, who disagree with that? Baby, you disagree. You disagree that a man shouldn't listen to the woman. I think it's just semantics. But you think of what? I think it's just semantics to the word you're using, but I don't think you mean don't listen. Listen, I think what you're saying is you're the leader and you have, you use your insight as the final uh, point of, of how you act, but of course she has insight that you may not see or she may be helpful in some things that you do listen to, right? I mean, you don't exclude all of her. She may have some input that can be helpful. What do you say to that? I agree. You agree? What do you say? I agree. You agree? And, and you, what do you say? You're saying, but you're saying <laughs> the final authorities on the man, that's fine, but he can be still enough to right. listen to what she has to say. Yeah. What do you say, Mason? I agree, too. You agree that you should listen to the woman? Sometimes. Sometimes? Okay. Uh, yes, sir, Mason? I agree with you. I've tested it, and every single time <laughs> I've 
listen to the woman, whether it be directions or whatever, it's always better. Your, your voice kind of plays in my head. What Jesse said, don't listen. Then if I, I, I've gone against it, it always turns out wrong. What do you think that Wayne doing you? You're a young man. Um, I see both sides of it. I mean, I'm sure there's something they can help with, you know, like, like I said, some insight that can be given. Like what, for example? Have you ever listened to a woman? <laughs> Have I ever listened to a woman? I listened to my mom. I'm about to say other than her. But look what happened as a result of listening to your mother. <laughs> look how messed up your life is. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's like, it's not, uh, uh, it's not all me. It's not. Do you wish now you had listened to your... Oh. Oh, they need you to speak up, right? You saying it's not all you? No. Yeah. When you wish now you had listened to your father? Um, yeah, I don't think that's my issue, though. What, what's your issue? My issue is all the resentment and all that stuff that happened. Your issue is resentment? Yeah. And that resentment came from what? Where did it come from? I don't know, just, I guess, my childhood. I just developed resentment from my father. And who were you closest to as a child, your mother or your father? My mother. And then the resentment came as a child? When you were a child? I mean, I, I suppose. I mean, I know. I just know it's there. I don't know exactly when it came from. Or, you and know. did you listen to your mother as a child? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so when you were growing up, you didn't believe what your mother had to say about your father? I don't remember saying anything too much about my father. You don't hear her mentioning him at all? You don't remember her saying he's not doing the right thing, he's angry, he's out of control and all that? No, yeah, not at so. all. So why would you have resentment for your father? Why do you have resentment for your father? I don't know. You don't know why you have resentment? No. But how do you know you hate your father then? Because I feel it. I, I live it. You feel it? I mean, I know the effect of, of you know, how I deal with things. And through coming here, I figured out that you know, it's from my resentment that I have. I feel it when I get angry about little stuff and just, you know, I don't but, know it's there. I don't know exactly. But you don't know why you resent him. I'm sorry? No, I don't. Is it possible that you don't resent him and just your mother's resentment in you and you think that is your, your own? I, mean, I guess anything is possible. I mean, have you I ever thought about that? So, um, I, I was thinking about what he said that I, I hate my mother too. Um, I see it sometimes, certain things, but um, I guess it's not as clear to me as, as, as it should be. Yeah. I, now I realize your father was impatient at times and didn't really, you know, do what he should have been doing, but I believe your resentment is more toward your mother than it is toward your father, but you just haven't seen it. Most, most, not all, not all, but most kids don't hate their fathers. They really, the hatred, the anger that they feel toward their fathers have been given to them from their mothers. And they're so identified with her that they think that is their own resentment. Over the last 20 years, rarely have I found uh, or, or talked to a man or woman of any race, and they can really tell me why they hate their father. But when they look at it closely, they realize I don't really hate my father. This is my mother's anger toward him. But they so identify with it, they think that is their own. They, but and most people don't pause long enough to look at that, to see. Because you, you're born through your mother. You pick up her spirit while coming through her. Your identity is more with her than it is with your father. And according to how she feels about the father, what you're going to become. And you don't know that you're getting that from her. Yeah, I didn't. So you get through spirit, not through words? Yes. That's a very good question. What would you say? You get it through the spirit, not through the words. You, so then, the woman she may have that. Like my mother didn't say anything about my father, and I still didn't hate my father. She, she, we didn't live could, near our father, and whatever else. Um, she cannot say a word because it is coming through the spirit. We are a spirit, and kids are connected spiritually to their mothers when they come through them. And if you're in the womb hating the father, the kids gonna pick that up too. Yeah. And they're going to get that because they're spiritually connected. So we just 
it's not, it's, it's not, it's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. And a lot of mothers don't realize, maybe if someone tell them, you got to forgive your fathers before you get married and start having children because you're going to pass it on to your, to your children. And I do hear a lot of mothers now saying, well, I don't talk, I don't say negative things to my children about their fathers because they're told, they've been told. But in your spirit, if you hate that father and you're pregnant with his child, you're going to pass that on. It's not what you do, it's who you are. It's who you, it's what your, if your spirit, just think about it. If your spirit is of hatred and a child is laying in there waiting to be born, how are they going to get love from hate? They're feeling and sensing everything that you're doing. That makes sense? Yes. yes. And so that's why I say that a lot of guys don't know that they really hate the fathers with the mother's hate. Women don't know it either. Uh, but they think that is their father. They really don't hate their father. It's the mother hatred that they have. That's why you must be born again to order to overcome that. And a lot of women are angry while they're pregnant. It's like, it's like um, single women who uh, have sex. They, they, they have children. They already have children. And then they go out and start having sex with other people. And they say, well, I don't do it at home, whether it's men or women. I don't have it at home. So my, my kids don't see me having sex out of wedlock. They don't have to see you having it. They're still going to be affected by whatever you are because it's spirit to spirit. You're passing down whatever you are to your children, whether they see it or not. They are spiritually connected. So if you hated his father, even while he was in your womb, you could pick that up just like that, even if you never taught him to hate his father. Well, I probably hated my father, and that spirit yeah. through. Hate man, you hate the man. Hate your father. Hate any man. But then he came through. We both have hatred in our hearts for you know our parents. So he got. And that's double, double trouble. Right. And that's why, if that's true, that's why the father was not able to protect his children or help them to overcome it. Because when you hate your mothers, you're subject to the woman too. You're married to mama. How are you gonna stand up to mama? You either stay at work all day to avoid mama, or you come home and be a coward or a bully with mama. Or you are mama. Or you are mama. And you are mama acting like that. Period. That makes sense? Yes. It's spirit to spirit. Yes. So a lot of kids don't hate their fathers. It's their mother's hatred that they have. And that's why Wayne Jr. can't tell me why he hated his father. Well, I, mean, I remember there's both. certain things that I remember more. If it's through the spirit, then I would understand why I wouldn't have any instances I can see why I would hate, you know, through my mother. But the, the things that, um, some of the resentments are from actual memories, you know what I mean, uh, from my father from when I was younger. Like he was impatient and stuff like right. that. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing worse than a father who is impatient with his children. But if that man is subject to the woman, he can't help himself because he's looking for love too. He need mama. Everybody need mama. And then mama's mad because everybody needs mama. Mama want to need her husband. She want to be able to look up to her husband and feel confidence. So if the plane should crash, they would be known as one of the, as the survivors of that crash. But if a woman, if a man is relying on a woman, the plane crashed, there are no survivors. In every home where women are the head of the home, there are no survivors. None. Have you noticed that? Everybody's wiped out. I heard it. I, I believe that. Yeah. Fabian's shaking his head. Sorry, Fabian, you're wrong. Then. Wherever the woman is ahead, everybody's uh, burning, cr crash and burn. Yes. <laughs> but you're so, but you're just saying that women it's can't be right no matter what, though. That's what it sounds like you're saying. No, what I'm saying is that it is the spiritual role of the man to do it. It's not in her to do it. If and if that, man is, uh, uh, if that man is beneath his woman, there's no love coming down. But if she's by herself or something. Right. If she's by herself. If she, if she can find it in her heart to forgive. Forgive her father. Stop hating herself. Forgive the kid's father. But it's hard for women to forgive. Now, they can forgive, you know, but it's hard because of who their father is. So their father can never change? I mean... 
I mean, once they're adults and they're, you know, they're no longer under their physical, no, physical father. I mean, their father, their dark father can never become the light father. The woman can overcome that if he were to forgive. But I'm telling you, in every household where the woman is ahead, it's crash and burn. Yes. And the reason that is that way because God has the order set up in the other way. It's not the woman's fault. And I don't want to put that out there. But it's just a spiritual order that is broken. And we can pretend that this other way is going to work, but it's not going to work. It cannot work. It will not work. That's right. And only blind people think that it will work. So back to a woman listening to what a woman says. Yes. Yeah. Suffer and die. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'll come back. <laughs> yes, Wayne. I was going to ask, so in my situation, because you know, you said when women are pregnant, they, they hate the father. So, like, basically, it's going to be like my son's going to hate me. Yes, sir. Just, even though, no matter how I'm treating him, because, like, I know there's hate, you know. Well, a couple of reasons. One is that you broke the spirit of the law by having children out of wedlock, period. Mm -hmm. So your kid's going to suffer for that for a while. And then by breaking that law, your girlfriend hates you for that because you were not man enough to do it the right way, and which made you subject to her, and women hate men who are subject to them. And all that is being passed down to your child, even while he's in the womb. Now, it can change if you were to change. Because let's say that your son is living with his mother who is angry, but you drop your anger and love your parents, honor them, and, and get rid of the hatred of your heart. When your child come to you, He's going to see the difference between night and day. And the power of love is greater than the power of hatred. And so you have a chance by changing and setting that example so he can see the difference. And especially while he's young. The problem is because you guys are not married and she still hates you, whenever you go home to her, he's going to have to deal with that. But at least he has a wise father that he can have someone to go to to help defend it. Talk to him about it. And as he gets older, he can live with you. But as long as you are angry, your son is going from night to night, from darkness to darkness. There's no light anywhere. And so now this spirit is being passed down to the next generation. Because you're angry. You cannot be a father and be angry and think that you're going to save your child. It's not going to work that way. Even if you bought him all the things in the world, you sent him to the best college in the world, he had the greatest home, he's still going to be weak, spiritually weak. Yeah. So for your son's sake, for your soul's sake, first it's best to get over it. But for your son's sake, you need to get over it. Because you're just bringing more hell into the world. That makes sense? Yeah. And the easiest thing in the world to get over is hatred. <laughs> <laughs> The easiest thing to get over is resentment. It's the easiest thing to do. And you guys make it difficult, I'll tell you why. But the easiest thing to, because of Christ, God came and Christ came and turned everything around. Everything is really back in order. The easiest thing to do is to get over your anger. But let me take some hands first. Yeah, you see your hand? And that was your original question? No. Oh. That's, that's yeah, I want to say that for right at the end. What, what, what was your original question? Uh, I got answered while you were talking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you have your hand? No. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Yes. It sounds like uh, we as men always depend on outside crushes to carry us through life. But it seems like the biggest crush we carry is hate. Is hate. The characters you described, the prosecutor, uh, uh, were supported by that crust of uh, hate, yeah. and they uh, and their biggest hate they were uh, had was to themselves and not uh, not being uh, not being the men they should have. I want to say to men, and you make a very good point, that the worst thing that you can do, men, the weakest thing you thing you can do is to rely on someone else. That doesn't mean we don't come together, fellowship, edify, but greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. That's who you should be relying on. Never, ever, ever, yeah. never, but never rely on a woman, 
or anyone else. As a matter of fact, God goes so far with this. If you think I'm being mean about it, he said, trust no man. Trust nobody. That's not for women? Yeah. That's for everybody. Yeah. But trust, when he, he doesn't mean don't trust. He doesn't mean don't give people a chance. But don't put your faith in them. Yes. Do not put your faith. They will let you down every time. And, and in this fallen state that men are in, they are putting their faith in women, and women are putting their faith in weak man, men, and you have a battle going on. <laughs> you just have a battle going on. Yep. Somebody got to say this. Yep. Things are bad out there because of this. People are not talking about the spiritual battle. Men got to change their role. You are the head of your wife ordained by God to be that way. And you got to get control of yourself. You got to stop acting like weak, pathetic people. Men are like just roaming around in hell. Just roaming around in hell. <laughs> That's all they're doing. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. And they're getting worse. Because nobody would say, stop listening to the woman. She can't save you. Her sex doesn't do nothing but kill you. Do you know every time you have sex, you die? Yeah, and that's why Dr. Oz said. Oh, Dr. Oz said. No, Dr. Oz on TV says you man has to have sex three times a week or something, or that, he's dying. That's why he's on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Oz said have sex three times a day. The guy's like, yeah, we're into Viagra, <laughs> and they run out and do it, and Dr. Oz get richer, and they're dying. <laughs> it make money. If I stood here right now and say, you know what, man? Don't defile the bed. Go home and have sex every night. You know, get, if you can't have, buy some Viagra, I'll make a whole lot of money. But every time you have sex, you're dying. When you don't have it, you become alive. You have control of yourself. You're conscious. You don't have fear or doubt. You don't feel subject to. You know, it, 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 when you don't have it, you live. When you have it, you die. So now you got to throw all your Viagra away, <laughs> whatever you're doing. But man, got to stop this stuff. You need to live so that your family can live. As you die, your family, your family is dying. And men need to get a hold of themselves. You are spiritually called by God to represent him on earth. And it's not, the, it's not whether the woman like it or not. The hell with what she thinks. You're supposed to love her enough to do the right thing because it's the right thing, not what she feels about it. And she needs you to be a godly man. She needs you to love what's right. She needs you to love that more than you love yourself or anything else so she can feel comfort. She can feel safe in your presence. She can know that her family is going to be safe. That's what women want. But some of these guys get beat up. They try. They do the little meditation. <laughs> and then they try with the woman, and she beat them up, and then they came in. <laughs> well, maybe I'm wrong. Jesse, you're wrong about this. This is too hard. You're supposed to listen. You say, uh-uh. I ain't falling for that. That's not the way it goes. And they're going to beat you up. If you don't have the right relationship with God, they're going to beat you up. If you need that woman any little bit at all, you're going to get beat up. You will get beat up if you need her. You're not supposed to need her. She's supposed to need you. So when the battle starts, and it will start, she doesn't move you. You're not worried about losing her. You're not worried about being happy or sad. You're not worried about your children. Because you love God more you love her, yourself, or anyone else. Your foundation is built on him. And then that woman, after 50 years, will start to see that. And just before you die, she'll come around. <laughs> but you'll be a better man for it. <laughs> and she can collect your insurance and live the rest of her life in peace. But it's going to be a battle. But it's a, if you understand the spiritual battle, you'll win this battle and save your family. That's what it's all about. 
It's all about saving your family. It's all about creating, allowing God to create love through you. It's about that. That's what life is about. That's what it's about. That's all life is about, creating love. And not mama's love, daddy's love. Mama love would kill you. Mama love would kill the flowers, the trees, the plants, yeah. <laughs> the, the house, the paint on the house would drive and fall off. Grass. Grass. You, your children, and everybody, every other man she come in contact with. You chew them up and spit them out. That's mama's love. Trash and burn. <laughs> now, I want to hear some disagreement right now, because I know some people disagree. I don't want to debate, though, Fabian. Just tell me why you disagree. Um, do you mean, when you say don't listen to the woman, do you mean don't rely on her? Is that what you mean? What does it sound like I mean? It means... What does it sound like I mean? To me, it sounds like that's really what you mean. Don't rely on her. You're saying don't listen to her, but... I don't think that's really what you mean, because you would consider the common sense from a woman, and you're, but you're not going to rely on her. You, you rely on your own inner light. I, I believe that's what you're saying. Why are you having conflict with what I'm saying? Because when you say don't, you don't listen to the woman, that's extreme. It's, I'm not, I'm not, I know I'm not saying that out of weakness. It's just, it sounds... I didn't say you were saying that out of weakness. Yeah, I know, but it's, it comes across... And I believe it is extreme. Okay. Are you having conflict with it too? No. I want Not you, John, but the lady in front of you. About, okay, go ahead. Uh, you see, uh, just to address what uh, uh, Fabian brought up, when you say don't listen to the woman, what, you, what, what, what I understand it to mean is uh, who is that? I'm supposed to be the head of the woman. And I cannot go and talk to her and say, hey, you know, this, this cannot be a point of discussion. You're either the head or you're not. And, and that's really what it means, not listening to the woman. But here's what I, here's what I wanted to say before. Yes, sir. We have about you know, three if minutes. You're not, if you're not the kind of man that, that you are alluding to, that you're talking about, you cannot really love your woman. You don't have any love for That's the woman. Right. You don't even have to have the illusion when you are married that you love your woman unless you are the kind of man that you are talking about. I wonder. You're not even able to love your woman. I wonder, and I'll ask the Baba Go to guy on, on Friday. I wonder when, when Christ spoke the truth, did he have to explain it to those who said, Well, do you really mean it this way? Do you mean you're extreme? <laughs> Well, I wonder when Christ said, you are of your father, the devil, and someone said, you know what, Christ, that's a little extreme. <laughs> you don't really mean of the devil, do you? <laughs> you know, you are being extreme. I wonder when Christ said to Adam, Adam, because you listen to the woman, you should surely die. Adam said, or Eve stepped up and said, I'm really not going to die, are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You, are, <laughs> you, you know, you're extreme, Christ. Now, if I listen to the woman, I'm not going to really die. You need to say, you're not going to be conscious. Or, you know what I'm saying? I don't think Christ went around explaining what he really meant. It, and I'll ask the Bible go to a guy because he's smarter than I am on this stuff. But did, did Christ go around, let me ask this young lady here, did Christ go around explaining what he really meant? I don't think so. Uh-uh. When he said, you liars, you bag of bones, you use the truth in order to control people rather than set them free, you're just a, of your father the devil. Anybody stepped up and said, you know what, Christ, come on now, you're very extreme. That's different, Jesse. Yeah, yeah that's different. <laughs> you're using a, po a positive word, listen, that's, you know, it, that's a, a different, it's different, it's not quite like that, you're 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 using a general positive word, listen, into in making it a general thing towards women. Pat, you want to say something real fast? I give you a minute on it. I'm, I'm totally out of time. You, I believe it's right to clear up if there is a misunderstanding of any point. It is correct for you to clear it up. Yeah. Now, if you mean listen, like you know, anytime a woman says something, you know, the directions are always wrong, kind of thing. That's one thing. And if you mean don't listen, in other words, 
taking in what people say, including women, and then, you know, making your own judgment about it, that's another thing entirely. Okay. Let me do this because I'm, I, 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 I had planned to explain it to the, to the, to the uh, ones who are having conflict about this. First of all, if you have conflict about what I just said, then you need to go pray to get saved. Secondly, um, common sense dictate that it doesn't mean don't listen to her. If she tries to say something, shut her down. You know, don't pay attention to her. It doesn't mean that. Only people walk in darkness think that way. That's extreme. That's right. right. That's extreme. Don't listen mean that, uh, to me, when I hear, even as when I was a child and I heard this, I could see it meant the man is the head of his wife. He has to find a word on it because it is his responsibility to guide his wife in the right way to go. It doesn't mean that, and what you guys are doing is listening to your thoughts. Even those who have questioned me right now, you know me well enough that I can see if somebody didn't know me that I don't mean that. It doesn't mean that. It means you're the head of your wife as Christ is the head of you. You have to find a word. You have to be, as, as uh, John was saying, you must be born again so you can see the right thing to do. You have to find a word. You are the head. You are the Christ. You have to find a word. That's what it means. But of course your wife has an opinion about things. It may not be right, but she has an opinion. No, I'm kidding. But she has an opinion. But men are listening to women, and they're suffering. Because they don't have an opinion. The woman is the head. And then if they do, they're so weak that um, if he tries to carry out his opinion, he got to battle with her. She's going to mess it up, make sure it doesn't work, and then judge him on it. Yes? You know, even the weakest man has the final word. And his final word is to give her the authority. But if he didn't give that authority over, yes. one day he woke up and, and, and stood strong. There would be that's such a good point. Women don't naturally have authority over men. They give it up. The men let it happen. It's not natural. She can only, she can only get it when he gives it up. And he gives it up because he's afraid of mama. That spirit in her is the same spirit in mama. And he needs sex. If it wasn't for sex, a woman can hang it up. Yes, ma'am. You look puzzled. Do you disagree with anything I've said? No. You don't? Not Why are you looking all strange in the face? Then, like? I have a strange face. <laughs> 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 so you're not you can disagree. I want to clear it up. Well, if a man is the right man and he's born again, then a woman is happy to listen to him. But if he's a an angry mean man, whatever, no woman wants to follow, she doesn't, no woman wants a dictator, just anything he says goes, so the man has to be right, to do it right, and then it's perfect, then it all works well. How many people agree with that? Let me see real fast. That sounds so nice, huh? That sounds so sweet and right, and people agree. On one level, you are right, but if a woman is a righteous woman, then, and her man is not a righteous man, she's married to an unrighteous man, she's going to have that perfect love that would not usurp his authority. She, her light would shine such that it would cause him to change because it would bring on guilt, but she would still be with him. Now, the only reason she wouldn't be with him if he was pounding on her and all that. I'm not right. meaning that. But words would not move her. You know how a lot of women say, oh, I've been traumatized by words. They go on open show and they say, oh, he didn't hit me. But he traumatized me with words. And so he still have to go to jail, right? <laughs> but, but if she loved was right more than anything else because she loved her father and she ended up with that kind of guy, the love of God would work through her and cause him to change. But because she would maintain proper position in life, she wouldn't be here, she would be here. And she would be glad to be there because she loved what's right. That makes sense? Yeah. And so when women say, well, if man was right, I'll be with him. But he ain't right, so he can't make me right. And so, that's a bunch of... Hooey. Yeah. The word I can't say on radio. 
That makes sense. Pat, you have one last word on this. Oh, you, you can't have the last word. We'll, I didn't even finish on to tell you how to get there. I'll do it next Sunday. So suffer until next Sunday. I'll tell you how to get there, men and women. But think about what you've heard today. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, guys. For more information or to purchase a copy of this show, visit us on the web at www.bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-BOND.